0: I'd like to think that this is going to be the most embarrassing thing. But for anybody that knows me, I'm a hot mess. So you guys are in for a treat. You don't know. It could get worse. That is from my wisdom teeth. My husband took that picture. You jerk. I don't know how you ended up with it. Well, good morning. I'm so excited to be here with you guys this morning. Like Zach said, I um, was a central Graduate. graduate. I get a lot of nervous energy. So just bear with me. I graduated in 2011. If I'm doing my math right um and as Zach said I was a student I actually brought my own pictures but I want to tell you something I tried to find good pictures of you good ones but anyway okay so starting basically in sixth grade Zach was my he was like a college student at the time at Central this is this weird generational thing um and he was an intern at our youth group and so he has been my youth pastor from sixth grade on that's how I See him as he was really my youth pastor from sixth grade all the way through. Um, and so that just goes to show you how old he is, really. Um, yes, here we go. Look at that. This guy over here that looks like he's in a John Deere shirt, but it's really a cheesy Christian shirt. That's Zach. Look at that. Okay, I tried to find cute ones. <laughs> and then I think I have one more. I know you had like a cool beard. Okay, anyway, not that it's not cool now, whatever. Anyway, okay. So I, um, like I said, I'm Jackie Case. I am just going to give you a little bit of information about me. I am married. Um, My husband actually came. Isn't he cute? Um, He went to Central, too. He graduated with a math degree. Um, So he's real boring. Um, And then, as you can see, we have two kids. He was okay with that joke. We have two kids. We have uh, my daughter is Juliana. We call her Jules. She's in kindergarten. And my son, Edison, is in second grade. And they're turds. but they're also pretty awesome humans so like that was my goal as a mom is to raise like people i wanted to hang out with and be around they're pretty cool but are ornery enough to like keep our life interesting so nailed it nailed it okay um and like zach said i am a youth pastor i'm a youth pastor at freedom chapel which is just down the road from you guys actually if you just head out on main street that away and um, we are just on the outskirts of town and this is my shameless plug if you have not found a church that you feel like you really belong to I would just ask that you come give Freedom Chapel a shot. Um, it's an incredible community of believers. We love, we love it there. And uh, again, shameless plug. Anybody who comes for the first time just to try it out gets cookies. So uh, we do that for everybody, right? Yes, I liked the, I like, I like her. I need you to continue to be a hype man. Okay, so you might be asking why your chapel speaker is giving you like a bio of her whole life. And that's fair. Um, if you can't tell, I'm, I get Weird and scattered, and I have this like weird energy when I get started speaking because while I speak and do like study of scripture for a living, it's I still get nervous talking to all of you. And I'm used to like middle schoolers and high schoolers, like people like my height. Um, so you guys are just a little outside of like my normal comfort zone, right? Um, but I am going to jump in this morning and we are going to start literally at the beginning. So if you are not familiar with scripture or with the Bible. Um, It is made up of 66 different books, and they're written by different people at different times throughout history. Um, And so it can be kind of random. Maybe if you just open it and start reading, it may not make total sense. Um, But I'm telling you, there is this consistent story arc from beginning to end, even though it's written by different people, even though it spans over 2,000 years of history. I want you to understand that this is, it's a common, it says the same thing, right? even though it's written by different people, there's this common theme, there are common threads, it follows a family that then continues to grow into a huge nation. Um, There's commonalities all throughout this book, and so we can't get into all of that this morning. Um, We're just going to kind of scratch the surface, but to start, we're going to start in the book of Genesis, um, chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, so literally, it starts, this is very original, are you ready? This is the first part of the Bible. In the beginning, I think every book should start that way. Okay. In the beginning, God created. That's the middle of the sentence, and I'm just going to stop. We're going to stop right here because I need you guys to understand that God created. At the beginning of space, time, and matter, God created. Okay? I need you to get that. It's kind of, it's kind of foundational. The author just, he continues on, and he explains what God created. He created light. He created the earth. He created the sun, moon, and stars. He created plants and animals, and eventually it gets to humanity. He created you, okay? And he didn't do this in some, like, flippant way. Um, You aren't just some random duplication of cells. You were designed on purpose with a purpose that only you can fulfill, okay? In the book of Psalms, which is, like, the middle, okay, Book of Psalms. I love the. I love this book because it's written mostly by um, David. And if you read through Psalms, it's like a very intimate look at a man's personal relationship with God. You see him wrestle. You see him triumph. You see the heartache. You see the victory. It's really cool to just walk through um, David's journey. But in Psalms, he says this. He says, "Uh, "For you created my inmost being. You knit me together." in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I just want you to look at the language here. Created, knit, made. It shows a picture, this image of a creator who took time to design and create you. Okay? And then the last thing I'm going to say about this. Um, Jeremiah, he's a prophet. um, And I, I will argue that this is one of the most beautiful verses in all of Scripture. I love it. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, this is God speaking to Jeremiah, okay? And he says this. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Here we have another example of a loving God who created each person with thought and intention, okay? The God of the universe created you. He created you. And before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. That means you have a purpose. You were set apart for a specific purpose. We see three separate places in three separate books written by three separate people, the same truth. And this is what I'm saying about scripture. Yes, it's written by different people. Yes, it covers different topics. But there are common themes that never change. There are truths that are foundational to the rest of what we believe. And this is a common theme. You were created on purpose with a purpose. And there is another common theme. This is the foundation of what I'm going to talk about in a, in a minute. That's why we're going through this. Another common theme is God loves us. Worship team, yes. I don't know where you are. You guys nailed it this morning. Hmm, Okay, sorry. I love the last song. Seriously, his love is incredible. And that is something you will read all throughout scripture. So in your lifetime, there are two things that will never change no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work. There are two things that will never change. You were created and you are loved. You are loved. I need you guys to understand these things. It's important. See, we have a a flawed view of love here on earth because we see people fall in love and out of love. And maybe it's even happened to us, right? Or the things that we do can change how other people see us or whether or not they love us and things that other people do. Can change whether we love them or not, right? But that is not the case with God. His love is radical. That last song was incredible. It's unbelievable. His love is weird and unceasing. It literally never ends, okay? And Jesus actually shows us that. He is this outward display of God's insane love for us. He came to earth and he, he literally took our place. That's what his death on the cross was. It, was. it was taking a bullet for us, right? Pushing us out from in front of the train. He hung on the cross. He took our punishment so we didn't have to. He is the evidence of the love that God claims to have for us. Are you guys tracking? Can you say that still? He used to do that really cheesy thing, and then we have to say something back. Okay. Sorry. This is fun. All right. Okay, so I'm going to say this again in your lifetime. There are two things that cannot change. You were created and you are loved by that creator. Paul tells his tells the Christians in Rome that while they were still sinners, Christ died for them. He did not wait for them to get their crap together. He didn't wait for them to live a certain life, a certain way. He didn't wait for them to hit this criteria, okay? Because his love doesn't have criteria. You don't have to do or be X, Y, or Z in order to earn his love, you already have it. You already have his love. You didn't earn anything because it was, it was given to you. You are loved, period. There's nothing you can do to change that. Now, the thing I want to talk about today is there's this belief that has permeated the church today and really our society as a whole that I want to call out as a lie or at least not true, okay? And this is, this is the lie that in order to be a good Christian, you have to follow this list of rules and live your life a certain way. And and it feels like following this list of do's and don'ts. Okay. So can anybody like agree with me that sometimes Christianity is perceived that way, that it's this list of do's and don'ts. You have to live a certain way. Anybody? Yes. Okay. People are nodding. Thank you. And I want to challenge that view this morning, this view that we have to be perfect or live a certain way and follow this list of rules. Because honestly, that's I mean, that's kind of crappy. I'm gonna be real, okay? I'm a youth pastor, so I think I say things like crappy. Don't get offended. If you are email Zach. Um, okay, but that honestly feels crappy to me because then it's like we have to live this super restrictive life that's no fun, right? That's how it feels when you're like looking at this list of rules, thinking, well, that's what I have to do to follow God. That kind of sucks, okay? That isn't really appealing. That's not something I want to do. So I'm going to tackle this lie, or this at least not truth, this morning, and we're going to start with the Ten Commandments. Now, I recognize I recognize this, okay? I understand why people think Christianity is following a list of rules when we are literally given a list of rules. But let me state my case, okay, before you totally tune me out. Don't put your headphones in, okay? So here are the Ten Commandments. We're just going to breeze through these, and then we'll come back to them. Don't have other gods before me. Don't make an idol and worship it. Don't misuse my name. Rest on the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother. Don't murder. Don't cheat or commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't be jealous of what other people have. Okay, I'm going to say this. When you care about somebody, like when you really love them, you give them guidance when they need it. Okay, so let me give you an example. I have kids. I give them guidance or rules because I want them to have a good fulfilling life, you know what I mean? Like, I want them to have meaningful relationships and know how to treat other people with kindness. Um, And now one thing that you need to understand with my family is my daughter is savage, okay? She looks cute with her little glasses and her little petite demeanor. No, she is ruthless, okay? And then my son, who's older, is like, he has the biggest heart in the whole world. He made me this card, and on the inside, it literally says, I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Like, that is the cutest thing. There's not a single word spelled right. Oh, it's so cute. Like, he's the sweetest. And then we have jewels, okay? And so we had to develop a rule at our house of no biting. I'm sure you cannot guess which kid that was really aimed at, okay? That was the rule. The rule was no biting. Can anybody relate? Do you have like a little sister or a secondborn that is just they don't give a crap about nothing? Yes. OK, we're not the only ones. Good night. We pray for her every day. Like God, just let her love you. Please. Okay, anyway, so we established this rule, this no biting rule, because Jules went on this kick where anytime she was mad at her brother, she'd bite him or. If she just was bored, she would bite him for no reason. That's psychotic, okay? She did this. So we had, to, we had to start this role. Like, Jules. you can't bite. Your teeth are used for food. Like, we had all these weird things that we tried to get through her head. And finally, I had to come to Jesus with her in the kitchen. And I was like, dude, quit biting. Like, what is wrong with you? And I told her, if you bite, again, I'm biting you. I'm not proud of this, okay? But it worked. And she quit. For, she quit. And so then a couple days after that, my son comes running into the kitchen with his hand on his head. He's sobbing. Like, he can't even get words out. He can barely breathe. I'm expecting there to be, like, blood. And we kind of check him over. There's nothing wrong with him visibly. And then finally we get him calmed down enough that through the sobs he says, Jules, hit me. And he's, again, oh, crocodile tears because he's got the biggest heart ever. So I'm like, "Juliana why? Did you hit your brother? Guys, I'm not even making this up. She walks in like chest puffed out, proud as punch. I mean, she's like peacocking, you know? She's like, yep. And I didn't bite him. (laughs) Okay. Too often we miss the message because we're trying to follow the rule. The rule was don't bite, right? The message was treat each other with kindness, be good to one another. She followed the rule she missed the message entirely we need to make sure we aren't so distracted with following rules in our faith that we miss the message or we need to be careful that we aren't letting this list of rules prevent us from even engaging with the message to see what it even is the message here is you were created by a god that loves you he ad- you. And he actually wants the best for you. The best. He wants you to have fulfilling relationships. He doesn't want you to be in pain or turmoil or destruction. He wants the best, you guys. When he created this, when he created this world, when he created humanity, his goal was for us to live interconnected with him and each other. It was peaceful. It wasn't this. We made it this. His desire is for us is for us to, be, to have a fulfilling life, to have the best life we can. And when you want the best for somebody, you offer guidelines. You set up rules, okay? So I want to look back at these again in a new light. The first three are talking about our relationship with God. Don't have other gods before me. Don't make an idol and worship it. Don't misuse my name. You guys, he cares about you. He doesn't want you wasting your time on something that's fake. Okay, don't have other gods. Don't worship something that's not real. It's not real. Can you see him? He's like, don't waste your time with that crap. Come to me. I'm the one true God. I'm the one that created you, right? He's telling you, don't waste your time with that. And the next one is don't misuse my name. I think this is fair, right? I think it's fair to not want your name to be used as a curse word. I hate it when people call me mother. I hate that. I'm a mom. Don't say mother. That feels like a curse word to me, okay? Don't misuse my name. And on top of that, don't misrepresent him. Don't quote him when that's not something he said. We have to we have to honor him and not misquote or slander him. I feel like that's fair. Nobody wants that, right? Okay, the next commandment is rest on the Sabbath day. College students. I'm going to tell you something right now. If somebody tells you to rest, that person loves you. They care about you because too often we just keep going and going and going. We ignore our body. The person that tells you to rest, to slow down, they care about your health. They care about your mental well-being. They care about you, okay? All right, and then the, the next six commandments deal with our relationships with other people. God wants you to have fulfilling relationships with your parents. That's how he designed it. He did not want it to be strained or awkward or hard or painful. He wants them to be good. Honor your mother and father. When you have kids someday, he wants you to have a good relationship with your kids. That's what he desires for you. Do not murder. Okay, for real though, does that even have to be on the list? Like, he doesn't want you to deal with the internal turmoil or the external consequences of taking someone's life. He doesn't, that will destroy you. He doesn't want that for you, right? Don't cheat or commit adultery. You guys, again, he wants you to have healthy relationships, a fulfilling marriage, partnership. He does not want your marriage to be full of, of lies and deceit, of mistrust, pain. That's not what he wants for you. He wants you to have an incredible, fulfilling marriage with somebody you can fully trust. Don't cheat. Oh, sorry, don't steal. Don't lie. Don't be jealous of what other people have. Here it wraps it up. Like, are you guys understanding? He wants you guys to have fulfilling relationships with him and with your parents, with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, the people that you're around. He cares so deeply for you that he's not just going to throw you to the wolves. He's giving you guidance and direction. Just He's imparting some wisdom for us, right? So that we can have a full life with meaningful relationships and purpose. You guys, your God cares for you. He cares. This isn't a list of strict rules and regulations. He wants your life to have purpose. He's saying, don't waste your time on the crap that doesn't matter. Come to me. If you're hurting. Come to me. I can help. I'm here for you. Rest. Take care of yourself. Do not run yourself into the ground. That doesn't benefit anybody. And for the love of all, be good to one another. Don't bite. Right? Can you see it? Can you see the difference between this being this list of do's and don'ts or guidance for living a life that's fulfilling and full and rich? You guys, if you just look at this and you see this list of rules, then you are missing the message. And the message is this there is a loving God who desires to have a relationship with you, a true relationship with you, and he wants the best for you and he cares so much that he's not going to let you just bumble around and try to figure it out on your own. He's going to give you some direction, okay? Christianity is not a list of rules to follow. It's following God because he desires the best for us. It's believing that he knows better. It's believing that his ways are better. And yes, sometimes, I will give you this, sometimes it is doing what he wants instead of what I want. But I'm telling you this morning, guys, this is not in like a handcuffed, restrictive way, like, "Oh, oh, I have to do what God tells me to. Listen, when I decide to do what he wants instead of what I want, I am recognizing that I don't have it all figured out, right? I can't see the whole picture. I can't see everything that he can. So when I decide to do what he wants instead of what I want, it is my declaration that I believe in my soul. That God wants what is best for me. And by following His lead, I will step closer to that. In contrast, if I were to do what I wanted, I may be stepping further away from what's actually best. Okay? I'm gonna say this again. When you follow what God wants, even if it's contrary to what you want, it is a declaration that you believe in your soul that He has your best intentions at mind. Your best. You guys. You were created and you are here in 2022 on purpose. You have a specific purpose that only you can fulfill and it was given to you by your creator before you were even in your mother's womb. You are loved. You are adored. And this is not something you earned or got because you followed a list of rules. You already possess it. It was given to you. And you can't lose it because it was a gift. God wants the best for you. And choosing to follow him it is. It's a declaration that you believe that. You believe that God has the best in mind for you. I'm not talking about Ferraris. I'm talking about fulfillment, satisfaction, okay? When you guys are doing what you're created to do, it is fulfilling in a way, I, I honestly can't put words to it. When you are truly walking in your purpose, what you were meticulously designed and created to do, it is so satisfying. Okay? Do I always want to be a youth pastor? No. All right? Teenagers are frustrating. All right? They're hormonal and smell. Does anybody have younger siblings? They smell weird and they just haven't figured out what deodorant is. In my purse, I have deodorant. I do that because I'm a youth pastor. Okay? I don't always want to do this. It's hard and it's frustrating. But I know at the end of the day, it's what I was created to do. And I believe that by doing it, I'm actually stepping closer to what my what God had intended, my best life. Following Jesus should feel more like living your best life than following this list of rules. I don't want you to miss this, Central Christian College students. Don't miss the message because you're focusing on the rules. Your God loves you so insanely much, and He wants the best for you. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to just be here this morning, and I thank you for this word, God. I thank you that you show us over and over and over your love and adoration for us. God, I just, I praise you for that, and I pray that nobody leaves this room this morning having not felt your love today, God. I pray that we would, we would walk in a freedom to follow you because you truly have what is best for us in mind. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. I want to challenge you guys. If you have a stirring inside of you that you've maybe never heard this before or you're not sure what it, what it means, I, I believe that's God trying to communicate with you and I want to challenge you, reach out. You guys have an incredible faculty and staff. Reach out to one of them. If if this is stirring something in you, I want to encourage you to reach out. Act on that. Don't ignore it. And thank you so much for having me this morning. You guys have an awesome day.